0: Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> radio show brought to you by Tractor Supply, where we give away more chicken coops and chicken related prizes than anyone else on the planet. We are often imitated, but never duplicated. My name is Andy Schneider, but most know me as the Chicken Whisperer, author of the Chicken Whisperer's Guide to Keeping Chickens, national spokesperson to the USDA Isle Security for Birds program, and editor-in-chief of Chicken Whisperer magazine. Each week, I welcome experts in their field to share their knowledge about different topics, including backyard poultry, show poultry, heritage poultry, gardening, cooking, and living a self-sufficient lifestyle. Be sure to visit our website, chickenwhisperer.com, where you can follow us on Twitter, become a fan on Facebook, and subscribe to the absolutely free digital edition of Chicken Whisperer Magazine. We've got a great show lined up for you today with... Peter Brown, also known as the Chicken Doctor, will get started right after this short break. Stay with us, folks. When you need an incubator, think Brenzi, the incubation specialist. Brenzi has been a world-leading manufacturer of incubators for over 30 years. Incubators from 7 to 380 eggs with high-quality electronic and digital controls, including precise humidity control and programmable egg turning all at surprisingly affordable prices. Visit them online at Brency.com. Brency spelled B-R-I-N-S-E-A. That's brincea.com or call 1-888-667-7009. Enter the coupon code WHISPER at checkout and save 10% on their incubators, brooders, egg candlers, and other incubation accessories. You need an incubator. Think Frenzy. technology you can trust. You've just entered a dimension of dirty water, a dimension of poop-filled water, a dimension of stagnant water. You've crossed into the dirty waterer zone. But up ahead is your signpost to cleaner water, the Bright Tap Chicken Waterer. The Bright Tap Waterer is fully covered. Chickens drink from special valves, so dirt and droppings can't get into the water. Chickens get sparkling clean water. You get less work. No poop-filled water pans for you to touch or wash out. Bright Tap, clean water made simple. Visit chickenwaterer.com to learn more. That's chickenwaterer.com. Ware Manufacturing has been building quality hutches since 1983. Ware manufactures modern chicken hutches, barns, pens, and nest boxes designed especially for the backyard flock. Ware offers hutches and pens for every yard size and every chicken keeper's budget. Visit their website at waremfge.com. That's W-A-R-E-M-F-G-I-N-C.com or call them to find a retailer near you at 1-888-824-7257. Wear Manufacturing. Hi, I'm country music artist Nathan Osmond,
1: and you're listening to Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer.
0: And the mighty bird against prejudice continues his fight for law and order. So when you hear that cry in the sky, you'll know it's Super Chicken. All righty, thank you very much for staying with us today on Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer. As stated before, we've got a great show lined up for you today, very interesting topic. We're going to welcome Peter Brown, also known as the Chicken Doctor, founder of First State Vet Supply you can find them online at firststatevetsupply.com and today's topic is can you change the sex of a chicken. So interesting topic. We've been wanting to uh, have this topic for a little while. So uh, today is the day. So glad you can join us today here on Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer. Got started about um 90 seconds late, but for on at least on this end it was well worth it. Uh had, had lunch, of course, with the family. had a busy morning. I'll tell you about that in a minute. Uh, some good news for all the, uh, the Chicken Whisperer fans out there. But um, uh got back into the office to get ready for the uh, live podcast, which we're doing right now. And My son came in, hopped up in my lap. And, uh, we wanted to watch a couple of uh, videos online, so uh, I had to do that. Of course, what videos? Uh, we often sing together when we do karaoke, so we had to do... Um, I'll Fly Away. Of course, we love the Alan Jackson version of that. So uh, I'll Fly Away. And then we did um, um, The Lifeboat uh, with the uh, Gator Homecoming uh, um, group. That's always a good one. And then, of course, his favorite. uh, That was all I was going to do. And I said, no, Daddy's got to get to work. And uh, he said, can we do... Jesus loves me, so I had to get on there and do uh, one of his favorites. uh, Jesus loves me, so we did that one. So that was well worth the ninety second delay for uh, (laughs) getting on the air. So uh, thank you for uh, your patience. Uh, Busy morning. Um, I didn't really expect to do this this morning, but it's been on the list, so I just started it out. Um, If you remember last year, or I guess this year, earlier this year, it's not two thousand fifteen yet. Let's not rush it. um, We gave away a chicken coop. Uh, for the first six or seven months of the year, every single month. We gave one uh, on Facebook uh, on January, February, March, April, May, and I believe we had one in June as well. And then we also, of course, had a coop contest in the spring edition of Chicken Whisper Magazine, the summer edition of Chicken Whisper Magazine. We gave away a sweeter heater in the fall, and we're giving away an Eco EcoGlow uh, in the winter issue that should be out here in the next uh, 30 days. So we're looking forward to to that. But this morning I started working on um, organizing all of the coop contests for next year. So uh, we already have uh, companies that have stepped up for the magazine for both the spring and summer edition of Chicken Whisperer magazine. Uh, there will be coops given away in those two issues. And then I believe we already have two or maybe three. Uh, Facebook uh, Coop contests for between January and June. So we're lining up that. I'm still waiting to hear back from one, two, maybe three companies. Uh, So we're hoping to fill uh, at least the first six months of 2015 with some awesome Coop giveaways. In addition to a couple of months there, we'll have double Coop giveaways because the magazine will be published. So we're looking forward to that. It's going to be a great 2015, we surely hope. Um, I'm looking forward to 2015. There's a lot of opportunities uh, that are in the works right now, kind of behind the scenes that I'm really looking uh, forward to, uh, which will benefit everybody in the uh, chicken uh, world, we hope, as we get these things developed and uh, created. So 2015 hopefully will be a, a really wonderful and blessed year for everybody. So you got to love that. Um, Right now, it looks like on the switchboard, we've got Peter Brown, the chicken doctor that's just called in. So without further ado, because again, it's not a very lengthy topic, but a very interesting topic today. Like I said, uh, can you change the sex of a chicken? And we got several interesting comments on on our Facebook page. Um, (laughs) I won't go into those. You can go see the, the comments that were left and uh, I don't care what you post on Facebook, it can be about the, the, the least uh, political thing on the planet, and someone's going to somehow turn it or twist it into a political agenda. So <laughs> you can go read those over on the Chicken Whisperer Facebook page. But... um. We're gonna go over to lines now and bring on our good friend Peter Brown, also known as the chicken doctor, founder of First Dave That Supply, the chief procrastinator when it comes to getting his book printed and released so we can all benefit from his knowledge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey buddy. I, I will I will lay claim to that. Hey, well, I'm right behind you. I don't think I'm the second one in because, uh, let me tell you, I don't know, sometimes being an OCD, I get really motivated, and it could like today's uh, organization of the coop. I'm like, it just happened. It wasn't on the list. But I get, just like uh, kind of getting ready for our, our trip to uh, uh, Florida and the next tour we're doing, you know, just all of a sudden yeah. one day, I'll be like, bing, i got to do this. But I, 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 several, especially the folks in the chat room, they're like, when's this book going to come out? <laughs> well... uh uh, It'll be out without. Well, yeah, <laughs> I, it,
1: I, it's um, it's it's a slow work in progress, but uh, and, that, and part of it is is just me, um, you know, changing things around. Um, uh, well, it seems like sometimes here I may do a lot of things last minute, uh, and sometimes I am guilty of that, like some people might be as well. But uh, I am. The plate gets overloaded and. You know, you look at something and say, well, that won't take me all that long. And then you start doing it and say, yeah, it will It'll take me a lot longer than that. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Just just like I'm sure when you were driving on your tour, um, you know, the, uh, the Internet Great. and everything else might say six hours from point A to point B, but actually driving <laughs> it uh, under the conditions that you're driving at that particular yep. day and moment, um you know usually make a big difference in, in, uh, in the whole yep thing. with yeah. uh,
0: two kids and potty breaks and uh, a hungry wife and um uh, <laughs> Yeah, all those things yeah, that, yeah
1: they don't get factored in until you actually start doing it you know and uh, it does does make a difference
0: absolutely it a difference
1: but um <clears throat> now we have an interesting subject today i i don't pretend yeah. for one iota of a second to be a geneticist of any kind description or th- otherwise but some of it can be uh, interesting reading material. Um, I've uh, looked at it and, and a few things that uh, you know interest me personally, um, then I usually will go off and, and and search them out and do it. I've been doing this part of it for for quite some time. I just never really speak uh, about it because uh, it bores a lot of people uh, and those that truly don't understand it at all uh, it bores even further. So, uh, you know, this stuff's been around for a long, long time, and I get asked the questions all all the time. As a matter of fact, I was at a a, uh, show in Frederick, Maryland, this past weekend, and um, uh, the the subject came up about is there any validity to the fact that, um, and I don't know if I even have the facts straight, but it really doesn't matter, um, whether pointed eggs um, grow more males than females or whatever the question would be. And... um, uh, you know, my question is, not to my knowledge, that's number one, uh, number two, I've never seen any scientific data saying so, and uh, number three, if that were possible to change things uh, just by the shape of the eggshell, uh, you know, people would be looking for ways to, to do that. Um, you know, just, um, I, I don't know, it was a couple of years ago, I think we, we did uh we did some shows about uh, egg laying and the hormones that control it uh inhibin being the one that shuts off the uh, uh the uh, the egg production and that starts immediately after the birds start laying their first egg just little tiny bits of it start the process and over a period of time it builds up and uh, eventually uh throws the bird out of pro- out of production and um sometimes while you can figure out these things in the laboratory and you can get them to work uh even in real life it comes down to the end of the day as to uh whether or not the food and drug administration will allow it and um a lot of these things uh in the in the climate that we have today with the way people uh, are about you know gmo crops and everything else uh, you know monkeying with the genetics of things uh people might not take to that very well. So, uh, you know, there was a researcher, I can't remember his name now, <clears throat> but he, uh, he was at um, uh, LSU, and uh, uh, he uh, just discovered this this hormone, and and, and and they started out in Japanese quail because they reproduced very quickly and they could uh, do a lot of research there. And then he took that and, and took that research into uh, chickens. Uh, to see how it worked there and had it working very well, and was able to uh, uh, eventually synthetically produce at a much lower cost this uh, hormone that would reverse the effects of, of egg laying. And th- this could be a big thing for commercial broiler breeders who are notoriously uh, poor egg layers. Uh, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, um, the, the males get worn out real quick, so they're always spiking flocks with males. Uh, take the old males out and put new males in. Well, what does that do to a flock? That upsets the the hierarchy of the entire flock, and everybody starts beating on everybody. And until they <coughs> uh, get their hierarchy uh, straightened out, and everybody you know uh, gets in, finds out where their place is. And meanwhile, egg production goes south, fertility goes south, uh, and it can be quite some time before it'll recover. So it'll, there is a big need, uh, but to my knowledge, um, uh, it has never made it to market. Uh, probably for a number of reasons, but probably FDA more than anything. And uh, So anyway, that's what, uh, tr- uh, not this, just this weekend, but I've been asked this question <clears throat> numerous times. And um, so I just wanted to run through uh, a few of the things that are known, because not all is known about how all of this takes place. Yes, we know that a, mate, a male a mates with a female, and the egg is fertilized, and after 21 days or so, you... Uh, hatch out a, a complete chick. We know all of that, but the subtle ins and outs of what turns what on, what what makes it all happen behind the scenes is still being studied, and um, you've all heard me say this before. Uh, a lot of the research uh, that is out there, uh, uh, especially in this particular area, uh, that is done on chickens is also uh, done in, in the vein of being uh, used some fashion on the human side, okay, um, you know it all kind of works kind of the same way. Maybe not all the hormones are the same, but kind of the same. And they use <clears throat> they use the chicken model because of the uh, the quick turnaround time to maturity and and hatching and so on to uh, to uh, you know take a look at these things and and see you know who's goes where and what 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 little round peg fits into what little round peg hole and the square one doesn't go into the round one and and so on so they are able to uh, to then more quickly get a handle on these things and then uh, back when they uh uh finished the uh, chicken genome that helped tremendously and sped things up quite a bit as as well but uh at the end of the day as it stands right this moment to the best of my knowledge um all of it's not been quietly figured out 100% they've got a real good handle on uh, how these things work, uh, what changes, you know, can and can't be made, um and and so on and so forth. So we'll we'll move on then to try to explain this to you just a little bit for the best that I can. Not a big subject as you had alluded to in, in the intro, uh but yes uh a very interesting one at least from, from um from my part. Um I um was saying to somebody this weekend that, <clears throat> you know all of the diseases that we generally deal with, the uh uh the Newcastle, bronchitis, coccidiosis, worms, lieutenant um, uh all of these things here, gumboro disease, uh even influenza and everything else. I'm just bored stiff with it. And um and the reason for that is that uh there's really technically uh anything that that new that's going to go on to change a whole lot of that stuff, uh it might be a little bit on the avian influenza side. They're still looking at some vaccines and vaccination versus uh, putting all the birds down, but I don't think you'll see that come to uh, fruition anytime soon. But uh, all the other things, we know how they work. We know how to control them. We just have to do the things that are uh, required to you know, keep a flock healthy. And um, when you don't do those things, you end up uh, uh, you know, having problems and so on and so forth. And sometimes even with the best of efforts, uh, Something will go wrong somewhere along the line, and uh, you'll have a problem anyway. So uh, that's pushed me over the years to, you know, look at some of the things that some people might consider odd, different, um, and, and what have you. That and this does not, uh, you know, this doesn't have a, a direct application to your everyday things, but it, it certainly makes you think about things. So uh, the the question I posed was, you know, can you change <coughs> the sex of the bird? Because we hear people talk about it all the time. Yes you can, no you can't, yes you can, no you can't. Uh the shape of the eggshell determines this, that and the other thing and, and um uh, and so on and so forth. So I'll start out with giving you the answer first. Usually we hold that for last, but um uh you can't upfront change the uh sex of the of the bird. Um and I will go on and explain uh, to the best of my ability here, the, the rhyme and reason be behind that, but uh, the sex of, of the bird is determined uh, basically at the time of conception, just 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 like humans for the most part. Um, now <clears throat> we we deal with an X Y chromosome setup, where birds don't uh, deal with an X Y chromosome setup. They deal with a Z W. So a male would be a, a ZZ and a female would be a Z W. Okay, whereas in humans, it's X, uh, X, and X Y. So there, there is a difference there. But basically, when you come right down to it, at the end of the day, a lot of what happens on the human side, as far as uh, sexual organ development, uh, ovaries versus uh, testes, uh, is pretty much uh, in in the same same fashion. Um, so when you look at at the the uh, male and the female on the chicken side of it uh the z carries the uh majority if not all of the uh genes versus the the w the w is is devoid of uh of the majority of of, of genes very very few uh, and they're not very well understood on the on the W side either uh they seem to be working more and more on the uh, on the z side so um it it can't be changed for, uh, right from from the get go so in speaking to the egg shape i personally can't see where the egg shape then makes much of a difference um unless there uh is some relationship between possibly the egg shape and the um, uh way that egg was was uh, shaped in relation to uh let's say heat uh, sometimes heat will have a a uh, a, a detrimental effect on the uh, eggshell uh shape size texture uh and so on and that extra heat during a heat wave maybe um, you know could possibly uh maybe change something uh inside of the egg but you're not going to change the uh, z uh, zz or the, the zw you're not changing that part of it um, you Might change the expression of a specific gene that is related to the uh, development of either uh, the testicles or the ovaries of the male and or the female. Uh, That may be a possibility. I've not seen any uh, research work or don't know anybody doing any work that looking at something uh, along those lines, but that might explain it. Um, But then again, uh, there may be no real uh, uh, explanation to it. I've never seen uh, again any any. I don't know anybody that has <clears throat> decided what the shape of that egg really is, and then had a number of those eggs all shaped the same. It would be odd to think that uh, uh, you would have a, a number of eggs to make a, a a determination that would all be pointed or very pointy on on the on the pointed end uh, versus a little bit rounded on the pointed end. And then mm-hmm. to make a determination, you know what I mean. The numbers, for instance, if you're going to hatch birds and you're and you're trying to uh, uh, pick the best birds out of a out of a a breed that you have, the more birds you uh, you hatch, the better off you're going to be. The greater uh, selection you're going to have to pick from to pick the good ones and discard what you might consider uh, the ones that are inferior. So, kind of like the same thing uh, in, in this this particular uh, respect but um <clears throat> the the development of the uh testes and or the ovaries uh generally start uh anywhere from uh, uh between 3 and 4 days on, on up uh generally in the in the 4 day category they're they already started to to, to develop uh, uh as an embryo and um there are other influencing factors um that uh, uh, may influence the the way that the uh the, the either the testicles or the the um, uh, ovaries uh develop and uh, one of those genes has has been picked out and they're still not set 100% that it is this but it it does have a uh, a an effect um uh, on, on the um uh, the development of the testicles of of the uh the male bird so you may be able to change, at that point, male-female, but you'll still not be able to go back and change the ZZZW. ZW. Uh, the, the, the fact that it's called a double-dose uh, gene, and um, because of the ZZ factor, um, there is more of this particular, um, uh, uh, what they call a double-sex gene, uh on the male side. So uh that may allow the the uh the, the particular breed maybe even to throw a few more males than females. Uh that would depend then on um what transpires on the W side. There there like I said there are very few genes there. Most of them don't aren't, aren't uh genes that uh, amount to a whole lot. But there there is a um uh factor involved uh there's believed to be two or three genes on that side that may have an influence against the uh the double sex gene on the on the male side. So if there's enough of that to override that double dose on the male side then you'll end up with a female versus a male. Um, I told you it was a little bit deep. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> but there, there, there there's just, even more I'm just I'm just hanging out waiting for the outcome. <laughs> And so I can just say, "Yep, I take your word for it, Doc." <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, it, here's
1: here's the here's the other fly in the ointment, and this hasn't been all figured out either. This is all conjecture, but by by people who are uh, a hell of a lot brighter than I'll ever be. But um, the um, thinking is now is that um, uh, there is a communication by these genes, and or hormones. Don't forget the hormones. The uh, testosterone and uh, progesterone uh, certainly play a role. Not exactly sure how deep that role is in relation to these other sex genes. Who turns which one off? How does it start? Where does it go? What other genes does it affect? That's all still being sorted out. Uh, They're making tremendous progress, uh, but it still hasn't all been, uh, been figured out yet but um i find this extremely fascinating other people i'm sure find it dead boring but it gives you some insight into how these things work uh when you get these anomalies that come along and i'll share here very shortly uh one of the greatest anomalies that I'm, i've ever seen in my life and um but uh th- th- there is hormonal control they know that but they also think that um there is a communication uh, by these uh sex linked genes uh to all cells in in the bird's body and um that has been uh proven uh by a bird that is uh, naturally occurring okay um, and it's called a uh um uh, chicken. And if you ever see a picture of it, it's the dangdest thing you'll ever see in your lifetime. But it is really, really cool. I wish I had one in my backyard, to be honest with you. Actually, I wish I had yeah. a dozen of them in my backyard. Uh, but this is true to life. It's it's real. Uh, and this, this, uh, this happens, they think, again, by this double-dose uh, uh, gene. And... Uh, uh, this is a chicken that is right smack straight down the middle, half male, half female, on either side, and it's 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 the craziest looking thing you ever saw. But the uh, uh, on the picture that I've seen, the left side of the bird uh, has a uh, much thickened shank and spurs, uh, where the uh, opposite side of the female, the leg is thinner the plumage on both sides is different. It is male on the left side and uh, female on the right side. And uh it's two different colors. The uh the female side is a uh brown with a little bit of white interspersed in it, but the male side is more predominantly white with a little bit of brown uh showing underneath the lower where the, uh, the hackle feathers are. Um the uh the waddles on the male side are about three times longer than they are on the female side. Um, just the darndest thing I've ever seen, and uh, <laughs> I've seen it, you know, quite some many times. But it is a naturally occurring anomaly that does happen. And the uh, uh, you know the colors on, like I said, the 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 dominant color on the on the male side is white, and on the female side, it's 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 brown and uh I mean, has got hackle feathers the, the the whole 9 yards it's really uh an interesting thing uh you know to see and um you know large uh, spur on the leg uh and you can see as well that the breast on the uh male side is much larger than the breast on the female side just like you would suspect if you had a uh full fledged male and a full fledged female the obviously the breasts would be significantly uh different so um they feel that this is some sort of a um of a uh, interference by by genes uh, yet uh, to be uh found out one hundred percent as to as to what they are uh and they also do feel that that hormones play a role uh in this particular uh uh setup with this bird, but you know when you first see it you'll think somebody uh, somebody photoshopped it, but it's not photoshopped trust me. <laughs> yeah you know I saw this thing about I saw this this picture about ten years or so ago plus and well, I was actually longer than that it was about fifteen years ago and it, I took a couple of looks at it and somebody's good at putting these two things together <laughs> it's just different but um at any rate um they've done some of these tests by uh, uh there was a test done in quail where they took um uh the 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 male and uh substitute a female brain for it, and it start to take on fi- on uh female characteristics and female behaviors um there trust me there's a lot of stuff going on that that they do to try to get to the bottom of all these things why things happen uh and, and so on um, so this this uh double z uh sex linked uh, gene that uh uh is on the on the male side uh, seems to be the the answer at the moment uh, which could change at any time uh, as far as the uh, the uh, uh, development of male versus female but there is an expression of, of these uh, female genes uh, and if the if the uh, this double Z is not as strong you're gonna end up with the with a female and then if the female part of it is stronger you'll end up end up with uh with females as well so uh very very interesting um for those that that aren't familiar with everything you basically your genes are your heritable traits that come through uh from your your parents and uh, uh carried on chromosomes and uh it's, a, it's just an interesting subject. Like I said, not very long, but I thought I'd throw it out there. It's something different, something to think about. Um, and if you end up with one of these chickens in your backyard, that's half male, half female, and it's something you haven't concocted, it's pretty cool. Uh, but uh, anyway, I think that uh, you know you, ha- you have to do a- do have to understand that that um, you can't change the original, uh, you know, ZZ or ZW part of it, but the inference is at this point that um it, it may be possible down the road to to uh, uh you know to change the uh, uh male female from a standpoint of uh of uh, how the bird presents itself uh, as a male or a female uh and how those uh, 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 testicles develop versus the um the uh, um ovaries It'd be interesting to see then too if if anything like that comes along as to whether those uh, ovaries are functional and whether the uh, the testicles would be functional as well. Um, and you know, I haven't seen any research yet to show anything like that. It would be interesting to see, uh, you know, this this uh, uh, bird here that if it was a bird that uh, actually had a functioning, uh, you
0: know, uh, ovary and stuff. But uh, it is it is pretty cool. It's very, yeah, I hear this thing, I'll, I think this last couple of days, I saw the one about the pointed egg versus the round egg and things like that. And I just, without getting into all the research, which is, uh, again, way over my head and, and spending time on that, I, I, I basically approach it like this, um, at least not necessarily with the adult chickens or, or started birds, but if there was a way to accurately and successfully determine the sex of what an egg would be or how to identify once the egg is laid what it would be, um, then I have no doubt in my mind that folks like Ideal Poultry, McMurray Hatchery, Cackle Hatchery would be using that it would save them an awfully lot of money, millions of dollars, I'm sure, every year if there was a good way to do that. Um, and so, when when they start using uh, a technique, then I will uh, I will invest in that technique. <laughs> but, but, but up up until that point, you know, like I said, I'm sure there's the, the science maybe there for di- different things. I've got some questions that were kind of posted on our Facebook page that were kind of related, kind of not, and then another one that's totally not related but was asked in our chat room. So I'm going to take a commercial break, and then when we come back, we'll uh, we'll have just uh, we'll limit it to like two or three questions. We'll go up until uh, three o'clock, and then we'll uh, end the uh, show like we always do. But some of the questions may be kind of related to the uh, the sex issue, um, and, uh, and and uh, one is is not, but they definitely have a, a question for you. So we'll do that uh, right after we return from this short break. So stay with us, everybody. We'll be back with more Ask the Chicken Doctor with Peter Brown when we return. Are you in the market for a new chicken coop? Want one that will outlast all the others? Then check out Urban Coop Company. All of their coops are made from 100% appearance grade western red cedar with galvanized hardware and advanced all-weather joinery right here in the USA. Compared to other coops, Urban Coop Company coops will last longer and look better doing it. They're designed to be both beautiful and functional. In fact, they have earned the Chicken Whisperer seal of approval and are Chicken Whisperer approved. I invite you to browse their website to learn more about the many features of their coops and check out their integrated coop accessories that will make your life easier. Urban Coop Company is a family-owned business located in Dripping Springs, Texas, USA. They are passionate about building great coops because they know you're passionate about your backyard chickens visit them online at urbancoopcompany.com that's urbancoopcompany.com do you provide a heat source for your backyard chickens in the winter in most cases it's not necessary But if you choose to provide a heat source for your backyard chickens, it's imperative to use a safe and effective heat source and the only one I recommend is the Sweeter Heater. The Sweeter Heater is a safe, completely sealed, washable, non-breakable, energy efficient, long lasting and reliable specific area heater that comes with a three year warranty. Ditch the dangerous heat lamp this season and invest in the only heater I recommend, the Sweeter Heater. Purchase the Sweeter Heater online at SweeterHeater.com. That's SweeterHeater.com. Ideal Poultry has been a family-owned and operated business since 1937. Pictures of chickens on aprons are common across America, but picture a chicken wearing an apron and you'll probably get a good chuckle. Laugh if you must, but nothing protects hens better than the Hen Saver Hen Apron. Hen Saver Hen Aprons protect your hens from the damage caused by an overly affectionate rooster and may even provide protection from an unexpected hawk attack. Hen Savers come in several different sizes to fit both bantam and standard-sized hens and roosters. Colors include camo, denim, navy, brown, khaki or black, and soon pink. Crazy K Farm is expanding its already colorful hen saver collection to include the color pink. A portion of their sales will be donated to organizations that fund breast cancer research and awareness. Order your Hensaver aprons today at hensaver.com. That's hensaver.com. Actually, in reality, I am
1: Super Chicken. Bunk, 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 bunk.
0: Alrighty, thank you very much for staying with us today on Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer. I'm going to get right over here to the Facebook page, and we'll. Uh, let's see, there we go. Uh, some of these things uh, are kind of related. Just some comments I'll read based on the uh, topic today, and uh, a lot of it seems like. Uh, well, we know that if if you have a normally, if you have a uh, a backyard flock of just hens, and you opt out of the uh, rooster option, that that we know that normally one hen will take uh it seems like the rooster's role. will look for predators, will maintain pecking order, will be the, the top chicken of of the group and, and kind of be the leader. Maybe take the rooster's role. We've often hear that they'll stop laying. They may even start uh occasionally crowing. Um so we so we do hear that a lot, which does not mean at all that that is now a male rooster by any stretch of the imagination. Um so let me scroll down and some of these are kind of related to uh to that uh, where did it go? Here we go. We've got um some of these may just be totally off the wall. They read something somewhere, and it's crazy um and I will eliminate I will eliminate the uh, political posts regarding sex changes so um <laughs> let's see we've got um yeah, definitely. um, somebody just posted plain and simple, they can change their own sex now again. Doesn't back it up with any studies or, or, or anything like that. So we've got that that was posted. Um, let's see. We've got uh, they can change their they can change their sex. It's rare, but it does happen. I should say they change their brain sex, not their physical sex. That was one that was posted. No, no information about yeah, that. I think up.
1: that I think that that I and I and I, <clears throat> I may be reading between the lines, but I think that they they may be thinking about the same. Uh, Thing uh-huh. that I'm I'm trying to project here is that uh-huh. you can't change the ZZ or the ZW part. You can change, or, or the other part, uh, whether the bird eventually ends up being. Um, uh, maybe this is a better way to put it: male or female on the inside. In other words, uh-huh. even having having gonads versus having, uh, you know, uh, ovaries. Um, you know. It, and it's not something like you know I, I keep trying to tell people this all the time, human or otherwise. You just don't wake up in the morning and the chicken decides to be male or female. I mean, it's not it's not that uh, it's not that simple. This this stuff you know starts way back in the developmental stages. Uh, this goes back to to the the point of of the fact that uh, you can't change whatever sex the bird was at the point of conception, and the fact that um, it takes uh, about between three and four days before some of these um, genes and/or hormones start to uh, even even kick in, uh, so you know the, the mere fact that you know that people use the words, you know they they can change. It's not like it's already um, you know pre-programmed in. More than likely, there's something that's gone awry. Somewhere in that uh, 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 gene hormonal um, area, that's that's caused the you know you know the bird to go one way or another, the male or female, as far as the ovaries and and things are concerned. But it seems pretty straight up. You're either ZZ or ZW at the very beginning. After that, what comes as far as being male or
0: female, uh, you know, is yet to be determined. Mm-hmm. Dottie has one that talks kind of what I was talking about. You have a hen that kind of takes the dominant role. One of my chickens who started as a hen now acts aggressive like a rooster. It even grew spurs, acts like king of the coop, doesn't crow, uh, but does lay eggs. Um, I don't know what to think about this weird chicken. So, Dottie, that's That's completely normal, really. A lot of the hens will uh, take that dominant role and uh, maybe do some of the role that the rooster that is not there in your flock actually uh, would do. Let me see if there were any uh, mentioned under today's post. Um, I have a hen that stopped laying eggs and grew spurs. And then one that says, um, we have a chicken that uh, walked like a rooster, talked like a rooster, and looked like a rooster, but laid an egg every day. What's up with that? And so those were the comments from uh, today. Let me get over to the uh, um, chat room, and we have an unrelated question that they wanted to have an opportunity for you to answer while you're there. Um, let's see. Here we go. Uh, if Doc has time, could you ask him about pasty butt in chicks? Uh, what causes it? Why does it happen? Um, why does it happen in chip chicks? Apparently, way more than chicks that I hatch here at my farm um and uh let's see what else and that there's a way to maybe prevent it because we often hear well, if you add a little bit more of uh, uh instead of just chick starter that you know add some. grain to it it may help or you know there's these things called the chick little chick bricks or whatever that that chick treats that the company has out That oh this may prevent or help with uh, the pasty butt issue if you add this to their to their diet so a Christmas chick in the chat room long time listener and fan a little bit about pasty butt causes uh, preventions and things like that
1: sure usually usually it's brought out uh, by stress okay um, when when a, and we've been over this uh, a few times too, so it's a good time to bring it up. It's it's a, uh, i I've seen a few comments on Facebook and, and and other things. I but basically, when you when a bird is under stress, uh, they start producing corticosteroids. When they produce the corticosteroids, it it has an effect on the immune system, and in 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 the majority of cases, it it and if the amount of steroid uh, corticosteroid being produced. Uh, is enough. It actually will shut down the immune system, and shipping birds is a huge, huge stress. Um, you know, so you know they're without, uh, they're they're without food and water uh, for the most part during that shipping. And I need to go back and remind everybody that just because we have this 72-hour window of opportunity for shipping birds, um, you know, without having to provide uh, food and water. Um, that means seventy two hours from the time it hatched, not to seventy two hours from the time it shipped, and there is a huge difference there um, one of the one of the things that um uh the commercial industry worldwide has been looking at now is hatch uniformity, meaning they want the majority of those birds to hatch pretty much in the same window of time. They don't want a straggled hatch. They don't want a bunch of them dragging out and and, uh, trays of half-full hatched birds and and all that kind of stuff. They want uniformity because they want to get them out of that stress condition of the hatchery and out onto the farm just as quick as they can get them to food and water. And and that is
0: extremely important. Uh, Hey, I don't know if you was telling, uh, when we were talking in one of the other Monday episodes or on the phone, or I may have been talking to Doctor McRae about it. I think I'm pretty sure I was talking to her about it. But I don't know if I mentioned this on the radio uh show or when the last time you were on, but what you just mentioned. When I was at the uh the expo, um the um Sunbelt Ag Expo a couple of weeks ago, um, they had uh I was speaking there three all three days and then they had uh, they had a Georgia poultry barn there, and they had experts uh, speaking uh, there from Auburn and uh, University of Auburn Poultry Department and UGA and everywhere else in between. And I got to be able to sit in on one about uh, producing healthy chicks. And one thing that fascinated me, and, and revert back to kind of what you're saying, uh, the sooner you can get them to feed in water. You even mentioned about a hatcher that contained food and water, uh, yeah. That was made uh, years mm-hmm. past. I may have mentioned this. Well, it's, have mentioned still, it it's still being
1: made. It's, it's still, uh, yeah, it, it's out of Europe, um, okay. and the the object of this, you know, they transfer their their uh, eggs generally at 18 days uh, from the incubator to the hatcher, and this is all set up so that as they're hatching out, there's lights in it, uh, and there's food and water, and it's set around up around the the perimeter on the outside of it. And uh, you know whether it'll catch on or not, you know, worldwide or anything, I don't know. But the idea that uh, then you can let them hatch, let them dry off, they got food, they got water, and then you know, boom, take them right out to the farm. There's another outfit that's hatch and brood right on the farm. So they go from the from the the hatching unit right there at that farm right into the chicken coop. Boom, done. Don't even have to drive them down a road two miles or a hundred miles. And yeah, I don't know if anybody's ever seen you know how how birds are are, are put in these houses, but um, you know they don't take each one out of a out of a box of a hundred <laughs> and some odd and put them down one. They dump them out like you know they, yeah. they you know they don't deliberately do anything to, to to try to hurt them. But I mean they just turn the box basically on its side, and everybody falls out, and uh, you know then they got to scurry around, find feed and water. And they try to make it easy for them. They put uh, depends on on the on the on the company, but some put uh, this. Heavy brown paper down, and then put the feed there, and they put that right almost under the where the feed line is for the automatic feeder, so the birds will know enough to, you know, when those come on that they go there. That's where the feed source is. Uh, But they do all of these things, you know, to try to get food and water into them as quickly as possible. But you know, you have to understand that um, sixty percent plus of the birds' immune system or their immune cells called gut-associated lymphoid tissue, reside in that intestine. If you've got a messed up intestine, you're going to have a problem. And that's where your pasty butt comes from, by the inability of of the digestive tract uh, to maintain its balance, okay, that allows bacteria that may live in the lower portion, more than likely E. coli, okay, uh, you know, to to migrate up into parts of the intestine that they don't belong in, and then you start getting that, that white pasty uh you know, diarrhea stuff sticks to the back of the feathers and everything else. Um, so it can be prevented uh, by keeping birds from getting chilled, uh, uh, w- keeping them from having, uh, you know, water deprivation, feed deprivation. Uh, you know, just think about this. If a bird hatches at midnight or 1 o'clock in the morning, uh, uh, you know, uh, let's say Monday morning, more or less, but 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 over, overnight, Sunday to Monday, and it's a Monday uh monday pull monday monday uh, ship so the bird hatches at midnight uh, you know okay so the crew comes in at i don't know five or six o'clock depends on the hatchery uh you got five or six hours that that bird's already been hatched out i mean it, it, they don't hatch on demand you know i mean the, the best of hatcheries you know predict you know by the hour and the day that they set them that the hour and the day that they're going to hatch and uh, that's all predicated on on how well the hatching eggs were handled you know, uh, mishandle them and let them get uh, a little warmer than they need, and they start actually. You know, they'll they'll continue to grow, and uh, you know, uh, and that's where a lot of mortality comes from from embryo mortality. You're starting to stopping the embryo all the time with hotter and cooler temperatures is very bad for. Them. But getting back to the, the pasty butt thing, uh, uh, most of the time, uh, it's just getting the gut back in balance. Um, so I, I would probably look at doing something along the lines of probiotic. I certainly would, would give the oil of oregano uh, a flip. That's That's been a, a godsend product uh, for a lot of folks. Uh, more and more people getting on that bandwagon and, and using it. Uh, some really well-known breeders now throughout the country starting to use it. And folks, they don't come back and buy the stuff if it isn't working and if they don't see something, you know. And uh, uh, it's it's just a good all-around product that helps uh, uh the uh, the intestinal tract, um, natural antibiotic. Uh, you can't beat it with a stick, and that and a probiotic, um, you, th- those two things almost go hand in hand. And whether you want to use one or the other, that, that's fine, that's fine. But uh, I have a, a a a client now that's using on his dogs to control his coccidiosis. You know, they dilute a little bit more, but they they they're drinking it, and they like it, and and it's it's helping. So. Uh, all of these things, but mainly the stress of, of the shipping, and the reason that that they're not seeing it in the birds that they hatch themselves hardly ever or not so much is because you don't have that stress.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You just don't. You know, there are other things that can cause it. Salmonella can be one of them. Uh, hatching dirty hatching eggs can be another another cause of it. Okay, uh, there are some people that insist that a chicken lady, I've got, to, I've got, I've got to hatch it. You know, and. Uh, you know, if it's a mud ball, been rolling around on the floor in, in the coop, you're better off to dispose of it nine times out of ten. But uh, by, you know, uh, it it really is easily controlled for the most part. If you're getting in ship birds um, immediately, uh, mm-hmm. get them hydrated as quick as you can, then turn right around and, and give them food. And also, you know, we look at a chick and they're cute, they're cuddly, uh and whatever you want to, you know, terminology you want to put on them—they're friendly and, and they're, they're fun to play with, and all that kind of stuff. But the the and the development of the intestinal tract is not complete. Uh-huh. Okay, the sequel tonsils can take at least another six weeks to
0: mature. Six, six to eight weeks. I was going to say that too. So yeah. we we talk about limiting treats for the first six to eight weeks yep. while their uh, intestinal tract gets kind of you know well developed and yep. complete before starting any type of treats like that. And one thing I was gonna say earlier which what I found fascinating was they the the scientists stated that um if you can uh get them to food and water as soon as as soon as physically possible after hatch, as soon as they're ready to eat and drink and, and get over there and, and whatnot. That they can utilize that yolk instead of having to utilize it for survival, like like the the chick chicks have to do. Exactly, they're using that in that three day that you're using it to to live to survive for nutrition. Um, if they're getting nutrition based on that chick starter and that water you're giving them right after hatch, they can utilize that yolk. And we did talk about this because I remember it in the chat room um uh, for antibodies and disease resistance for the rest of their life that was given to them by the the mama chick uh like a colostrum is done with nursing mothers so that I just found that was fascinating, and I do remember now talking about that before if you missed the show uh now you know that as well, and so as soon as you can get them that uh, yeah. the uh, the better so awesome you know, information. the other thing
1: the the other thing that can that it can help with is retained yolk sac okay retained yolk sac can be be retained for a number of, of reasons and what i say by retained is that a very small piece of it doesn't um, absorb and um and, and and it absorbs through the intestine in a place called uh, meckel's uh, diverticulum and it's it's a, a spot on the intestine where that uh, yolk sac is actually attached that's where that's where it goes in into the intestine so um we see it a lot of on on you know, on, on post-mortem examination of birds that have died, uh, that have had these yolk sacs that are infected, and 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 so on, and it, it, uh, sometimes it's real large for the really sick bird, but lots of times you'll just see one that's that's um, uh, maybe the size of a pea or twice the size of, of of a pea, and it just won't go away, and it just won't absorb, and and uh, you know the bird's uh, you know succumb to disease and and this and that and the other thing from it, but. Um, you know, pasty, butts for the most part, can can be uh, you know can be eliminated easily. Uh, generally, don't need an antibiotic. But if you can't get it under control, uh, with the with the, uh, I would try copper sulfate. I would try apple cider vinegar if I didn't have anything around. Certainly, the oil of oregano, uh, a probiotic, any, any of those things, and you're much better off. Those those few things that I mentioned are all uh, natural uh, compared to you know running off and using an antibiotic. And I'll say this again. I think I said it last year. I would to say it again. You know, we're already starting to lose some of the antibiotics that are going. Uh, one is already gone prescription right. that's highly unwater-soluble, and gallimidin is going after the first of the year. So, um,
0: you know, it's, it's food for thought. And um, you, you know, for for a lot of reasons, of course, people can look at that as bad. Oh, now I can't buy it. I have to go get But But, but one of the good things that may... Uh, unless I haven't really looked at it from another angle, that that may benefit backyard poultry keepers is that if you have to get that by prescription now, then, then it may make, I don't like that word, but it may make some of their vets that don't now currently treat to, to force them to start educating themselves on poultry and backyard poultry. Someone had mentioned that to me, I think even at the expo uh, talking about this and, um, that, that because a lot of this now for backyard birds are going to the prescription and people, whatever theories you want to say, to do it, more money for this person, that person, or the company, or whatever. But um, it, it may, now that you need a prescription, and go to that vet. Uh, it may make more vets have to um, ramp up and step up their knowledge on, on poultry if they're going to be subscribing this, which which may eventually be a good thing to have more people knowledgeable uh and and open to treating the birds
1: i think it would be certainly uh, beneficial for the birds the only drawback to it and i i use, uh europe as a model and you can go on any one of the uh, of, of the sites uh that that are out of that area and they have the same problem they have vets that are um supposedly avian vets and i only say supposedly cuz i don't know and i don't know them um and the cost of, of doing so, of going to, mm-hmm. to a veterinarian. Again, it goes back to the, and, and I know there's people out there, oh, I love my chicken. I get it. We love ours too. you know. Uh, right. But there's also a lot of people that are not going to spend nor are in a position to spend right. uh, a lot of money on a chicken that is, that is sick or whatever, and they're not going to take it to the vet. And, um, for instance, red mites in Europe are running rampant. Every, every you know you've seen it every every article you read red mite, red mite, do this do that you might as well jump off of a building uh, because it, none of the stuff works because the only things that do really work to control them you've got to go to the vet and get them you can't you right. can't buy Frontline over there like you can here you can't buy Permethrin you can't buy elector. you can't you've got to go to a veterinarian to get it and you're not only going to pay from him which, then you got to you know the whole bit
0: which then we see the downfall of birds that may be treated appropriately are not going to because of the required and the cost of getting that prescription and going through, through a vet. Kind of reminds me a little bit of healthcare care here in America. Um, <laughs> so, you know, people... people. Yeah, just, we would uh, be a um, lot...
1: You know, I, I would be the first to get on that bandwagon, as you well know, um, yeah. that if we made... say, See, I don't believe in universal health care for everybody. I don't think it's a right or a privilege. I think... or, or a right. I think it's more a privilege to have it So, therefore, if if we are going to take care of you uh, with health care, then I think you're obligated to take care of yourself Mm -hmm. and don't be part of the problem. And, you know, I didn't think I was part of the problem, but found out the hard way that I was. And, uh, you know, the radical changes that I had to make, you know, to my lifestyle – you know, not that I was doing anything crazy. I'm just talking about the way I eat now versus the way I ate then. I mean, I, I'm I'm Tight so selective plate. now. It, it's, it, I can make you sick just by the way I select my food. And right. uh, what I'm willing to eat, what I'm not willing to eat, and I a darn thing to do with GMO and all that other nonsense. Uh, yeah. I still, I'm i still here to tell you you will die from the garbage you put in your body before you die what's in your food. I'm that's just going to tell you that. That's how I feel about it. I've looked at it. I've researched
0: research. Doc, I've seen I've seen a lot of posts. Some some uh, fellow paramedics have posted this uh, within the last 30 days. I've seen it, and I've seen some other folks post about it as well. And they are definitely not discounting the limiting the the red meat and the limiting the fat and the cholesterol and getting it in check. But a lot of them are stating that uh, there's been heart doctors that have come out and, and a lot of research now that says what's really Downfall and the killing of America. Um, not that, again, we don't want to keep all that other in check, but as the refined sugars oh, in, in a lot of oh. food.
1: I, I don't even eat the stuff and anything. Okay, I'll give you an example. Um, I've gotten off sugar. I've been off all sugar for well over a year now, and I'm mm-hmm. almost what three years into this. This deal will yeah, yeah. come this coming February, okay, and I've brought my triglycerides down to eighty one okay? wow they claim they claim if you have it under one fifty well, I don't believe anything half of them say half the time uh because you get one set of numbers from this one, what a set of numbers from yes. that one, and um you know uh I brought my total total cholesterol to to one o seven and mm-hmm. it's been like that for 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 uh several years now and that's the way I want it. And uh you know, it's it's taken a lot of effort and time to to you know, to get there. I eat no processed foods whatsoever. None. No lunch meats, none of that junk No fried foods, no pork, no red meat, none of it. And I just feel that if people aren't going to take things seriously and, and uh and uh, then they should pay for health care on their own. That's the way I feel about it. And you know, you're going for some been there and done it you know and and it does it take effort to do this yeah when when uh i just went to this this poultry show okay um you, know, you find out there are places that you can eat some things uh and and be okay with it um you know for instance believe it or not you can go to mcdonald's and you can get a a uh, english muffin with two egg whites on it so maybe mm-hmm. you don't like egg whites but that's what i eat so if i'm forced mm-hmm. into doing that on the road that's what i'll do i can get the same thing at Panera Bread. Um, uh, and, and my cup of coffee, and I'm good to go. Um, you know, th- this past weekend uh, we packed most of the stuff that I'm going to eat the whole time I'm there. That way, I don't have to even leave the area where I, where I am to go get a cup of coffee. Bring my own stuff, my own uh, uh, lunch, snack, whatever it is. And then uh, dinner, I do the same way. I, I I I go and and find a place that's got you know grilled chicken. That's got any sauces or anything. I get it on the side, and I decide if I'm even going to eat that part of it. Rather than just say, oh, well, it's one time. Well, it's one time this week, one time next week, one time the week after. And first thing you know, you don't care because you're after that particular taste. The more you give yourself that taste of whatever it is, whether it's sugar, whether it's fat, it doesn't really matter. Uh, alcohol, you, you go right to it. And you keep going back to it because you you, you start acquiring that taste for it. And at least that's my take on it. So uh, I just don't do it. That's all. I don't allow myself that. I don't need it. I guess it depends on, on where you want to go. You know, I've I sat down with myself and thought about this whole thing. How do you want to live out your latter years? Okay, do you want to be able to walk on your own? Do you want to be able to still drive your car? You know, or do you would you rather be sitting around having somebody wipe your butt and drool off the side of your mouth? I mean, that's that's mm-hmm. how I look at it. Yeah. So, you know, I don't
0: want it's, that. Uh... <laughs> yeah. No, no kidding. So um, hey, thanks for sharing that information with us, and uh, great information about the uh, the original topic that we talked about. The uh, uh, can you change the second of The science behind that, and then a couple of questions from uh, Facebook and our uh, chat room. So uh, end up being a great show. I've got eight after three, which is perfect timing. And uh, Peter, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, we're we're looking good for. Uh, Uh, I think the next two uh, Mondays, anyway, probably won't have a show the week of Thanksgiving. that whole week Uh, will be uh, off, so at least it looks like the 10th and the 17th are looking good right now. So um, we look forward to seeing you all on those Mondays. Okay. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for all your great information and your knowledge. and coming on every single Monday. That's uh, Peter Brown, also known as the Chicken Doctor, founder of FirstStateVetSupply.com. Visit them online. Uh, if they don't have it, you don't need it. FirstStateVetSupply.com, home of the emergency medicine kit. Uh, you got a first aid kit? Well, you need a medicine kit to go with it, okay? Uh, so you can start treating immediately while you order more smaller bottles of meds. So, if you don't have to use it, you don't have to throw out a $40 bottle. You're throwing out a $4 bottle. So, uh, how convenient is that? FirstStateVetsupply.com. And uh, we'll see you this Wednesday, and we will see you on Thursday of this week with more Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer. God bless everybody. <laughs> Bye-bye.